Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends, seekers of peace and harmony, we have all assembled here to understand what is Vipassana and how does it help us in our day-to-day life. help us to come out of misery in life. Due to one incident or the other, one keeps on facing misery, misery, something undesirable happens in the life, one feels miserable, Something desirable does not happen in the life. Some obstacle comes and one feels miserable. Naturally, the body gets old, starts decaying, different kinds of diseases. One feels very miserable. One is slowly nearing the death. The thought of that itself, one feels very miserable. A very near or dear one has passed away. And one feels so miserable remembering that person. So many incidents in the life like the great tragic incident of the last year which shook not only this great country but the entire world. What inhuman cruel actions of killing innocent people. Innocent people whom one does not know even who are they. There is no personal enmity with these people. And yet, they are killed, blasted, round the world, everywhere. Such heinous crimes. Middle East or South Asia or Middle Asia, all around. 
and that creates not only the loss of the near and dear ones but a great trauma in the mind a fear so much of worry anxiety for the future what will happen tomorrow what will happen tomorrow a big misery how to come out of such miserable experiences of the life you can't help things happen and you can't help you just have to suffer but how to come out of suffering one way that people adopt when one feels very miserable divert the attention divert attention somewhere else start joining some sensual entertainment so that you forget your misery still it is very strong and you don't get sleep so have some tranquilizers some sleeping pills try to forget it but the impact of the trauma is so great there is no peace the wound is so deep as time passes this wound gets healed but only on the surface level deep inside the impact of the trauma is so great everyone has one trauma or the other in the life in the childhood something happened something very undesirable happened and the trauma is there and the whole life one lives a fearful life how to come out of it merely diverting the attention to some other object will not help the sages and the saints of the past they gave us one way to come out of this misery again that was also to divert the attention you just start reciting reciting a word reciting a mantra reciting the name of deity in whom you have a great devotion keep on reciting 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 the mind calms down like a mother keeps on singing the lullaby oh my child sleep oh my child sleep again 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 and the child sleeps so you keep on reciting a particular mantra a particular word again again and the mind sleeps one feels i am out of misery again it is a temporary relief temporary relief at the surface level of the mind deep inside the great impact of the misery is there how to heal that great impact deep inside the mind so enlightened person found out and he said face it 
escape is no solution. For some time one feels that I've forgotten my misery and I'm quite all right. But soon, again, one has to face the same misery. So face the misery. Face it. One is very miserable. Face it. How to face it? One is reacting. Reacting with worry. Reacting with fear. And at times reacting with anger. So-and-so did like this. And one generates great anger, hatred, ill will. One justifies. I have to generate anger because so-and-so misbehaved, did something very inhuman, so I have to generate anger. But one does not understand that by generating negativity in the mind, however we call it is justified, when we generate negativity in the mind, we are the first victim of our negativity. One becomes so miserable. Whenever anger arises, hatred arises, ego arises, any defilement arises in the mind, one becomes very miserable. How to come out of that misery? Face it. Just observe. Observe the truth of this moment. My mind is very agitated. My mind is reacting with anger or hatred or fear or worry or insecurity, whatever it is. At this moment, this defilement has arisen in my mind and I am miserable. Just observe. Do nothing. Just observe. Observe objectively without identifying yourself with that particular defilement. If it is anger, anger as anger, abstract anger. Fear, fear as fear, abstract fear. Very easy to say, but very difficult to practice. When anger arises, so soon one gets overpowered by anger, that one doesn't remember even that I have to now observe the anger as anger. So one must have somebody to remind him. Say private secretary is there to remind him, Master, look, anger is arising and now observe it. And there is no agreement with anger that you must arise during the shift when this private secretary is working. So we must have one private secretary for every shift because anger can arise at any time in 24 hours. Even if there is a private secretary to remind, well, look, master, anger is arising. You just observe. I shout at this secretary, you are here to teach me, I know what to do. Anger is anger. <laughs> all right, you are not shouted, you are not scolded your secretary and you tell, all right, thank you, you reminded me. Now I observe my anger. You close your eyes and try to observe anger. How will you observe anger? It has no shape, no form, no color. What you will observe? All the time when you try to observe the anger, the object of anger, 
that keeps coming in mind. So and so said like this. So and so did like this. That keeps coming in the mind. That stimulates your anger. That multiplies your anger. You are not observing anger as anger. Then what can be done? An enlightened person, when he finds out a way, he gives a practical way. If it is not practical, it's mere theory, it won't help. So a practical way was found and given. Whenever anger arises, or any impurity arises in the mind, two things start happening at the physical level on the body. One, at a little gross level, the breath loses its normality. It is no more normal. It becomes slightly hard, slightly fast. When that impurity passes away, again it becomes normal. So breath is strongly related to the mind and mental defilements. At a subtler level, throughout the body, some biochemical reaction starts, some electromagnetic reaction starts. There is some physical sensation or the other in the body. Law of nature is such. Mind keeps on influencing the body. And in return, the body keeps on influencing the mind. This is what happens. There are sensations on the body. When there is anger, there is a lot of burning sensation. Great palpitation, tension. One feels very miserable. If one can learn how to observe the sensation, which is related to the particular defilement that has arisen in the mind, a solution is found. Or observe the respiration, a solution is found. It is really very hard to observe the defilement like anger, fear, ego, etc. Abstract anger, abstract fear, abstract passion, nearly impossible. But if one practices, it is easy to observe the breath. It is easy to observe the sensations on this corporeal body. While doing so, you are not running away from the reality. Whatever reality manifests itself as the respiration, change in the respiration, change in the flow of respiration, or sensations on the body, they are just on the other side, second, other side of the coin. On one side of the coin, the impurity that arises on the other side of the coin, the breath and the sensations. You can't observe the impurity of the mind as abstract impurity, but if you practice, you can certainly develop the faculty to observe your respiration, observe your sensation. Doing this, one goes deeper, 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 reaches the depth of the mind, where the defilement arises, where the impact of the trauma is so great at the depth of the mind, and you learn how to observe it. You observe it, observe it. It becomes weaker, 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 and passes away. The impact is there, 
but then it doesn't harm you. You just remember something undesirable happened in the life. As if it had happened in the past life, previous life, it won't shake you. But otherwise, even at the surface level, if you feel I'm, I'm free, I'm free from this misery of this fear or anger or hatred, yet deep inside, it keeps on boiling, keeps on multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. One is not liberated from this misery. Therefore, this wonderful technique was discovered. Learn how to observe your breath. Learn how to observe the sensations on the body. And then you know the reality, the reality of the moment as it is, pertaining to the mind, pertaining to the matter, the body, the interaction of the two. See how the mind keeps on influencing the body and determine how body keeps on influencing the mind. And if you are ignorant, we do not know what is happening, then a defilement arises, keeps on multiplying, multiplying, and very soon it overpowers us. But if you go to that depth and see as soon as due to this interaction of mind and matter, a defilement has arisen. Anger, hatred, fear, ego, passion, any defilement, and you start observing the sensations on the body or respiration, it becomes weaker, weaker, passes away. You have not suppressed it. Whenever you try to divert your attention to something else, that impurity which had arisen in the mind gets suppressed, 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 and gets accumulated at the depth of the mind. It becomes a source of great misery for future. But when you are practicing this technique, you go to the root of the mind, the depth of the mind, and that impact of that particular incident gets washed away, washed away. So the resultant misery because of this, this defilement or that defilement gets washed away, washed away. How one has to practice? This is what is called vipassana. Vipassana is to observe the reality as it is, not as you would like to be, not as you would like it to be. Anger is a reason and you want to push out the anger, then it is not vipassana. Fear is a reason and you try to push it out, not vipassana. Just accept it at this moment. There is anger in my mind. At this moment, there is fear in my mind. At this moment, there is passion or ego, some impurity, whatever arises, this impurity is there. Now, let me see what sensation on the body. Any sensation at that time in the body is strongly related to this particular defilement. And you keep on observing that sensation. And if you practice properly and learn how to observe the sensations equanimously, without reacting to the sensation, equanimously, keeping the perfect balance of the mind, sensation as sensation, you will find the sensation is not eternal. Sooner or later it passes away. So this particular defilement that has arisen, which is related to this sensation, is also not eternal. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. 
it cannot overpower you. Your head is always above the water and you are observing. You are observing, you are feeling without reacting. That is what is Vipassana. Observe the reality pertaining to yourself, within yourself, by yourself, at the experiential level. All the sages and saints and seers of the past had been advising us, know thyself, know thyself, a very good advice. How to know myself? I know myself. I am Goenka. S-N Goenka. So what? What I gain by this? Know thyself, know thyself. But when you practice Vipassana, then you know what these sages and saints wanted. At the experiential level, understand what you call I, I, mine, mine. This entire physical structure, so much of identification with this physical structure, I, I, mine, mine. And so much of identification with this mental structure, I, mine, I, mine. And tremendous amount of attachment towards it. Attachment towards this physical structure, attachment towards the mental structure, attachment towards the combination of the two. And any attachment, you lose the balance of your mind, you become miserable. So observe, understand, what is this physical structure? You may read books on physiology, you may read books on psychology, that doesn't help. At the experiential level, so for that, you have to decide if you want to learn this technique which takes you to the depth of the mind. There are many techniques which will help you at the surface of the mind. A big trauma had agitated you, something undesirable happened, agitated you, and you keep on using this technique or that technique, most of the technique just to divert the mind. and you. You keep on reciting, reciting, keep on diverting your attention to some other object and you find mind gets calmed down, calmed down and you feel you are out of misery but you are not deep inside. It keeps on multiplying, multiplying. How to go the, to the depth? You have to go to the depth of the mind. For that one has to spare ten days of life to learn this technique so that one can apply it in day-to-day -day life. There might have been some incident which makes you very miserable now or who knows in future some incident might happen which will make you very miserable. How to face? How to face the world? How to face the reality? One must be strong at the mental level. That is why one has to spare ten days of the life. You go to a very a center with a very congenial atmosphere where you can work without disturbances and you are asked to sit down. Sit down comfortably in any posture that suits you, that keeps you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch is a good posture for you. Not necessary a lotus posture or half lotus posture. If someone can remain in lotus posture for a long time, go ahead, nothing wrong. Otherwise any posture. But keep your back and your neck straight. Keep your eyes gently closed. 
because you are not to see anything, you have to feel things, keep your mouth closed. And now see what is happening. What reality is manifesting itself? The reality pertaining to this corporeal body, the reality pertaining to the mind. What is manifesting? What reality? No imagination. Reality that you experience at this moment, the first reality that you will experience, the breath coming in, the breath going out. It comes in, goes out naturally. You won't have to make any effort for that. It comes in, it goes out. Start with that. Start feeling it. When we say observe it, you have to feel it. The breath coming in, the breath going out. Keeping the attention at the entrance of the nostrils, the breath coming in, the breath going out. Natural breath, normal breath. One should not make it a breathing exercise. Don't try to control your breath. That is another technique altogether. We call it pranayama. It has its own benefit, physical health benefit, perfectly all right, but this is totally different. Here you are practicing to develop your faculty to feel the reality as it is. The breath as it is, if it is deep, you accept the reality is deep. If it is shallow, it is shallow. Passes through left nostril, left nostril, right nostril, right nostril. Never try to interfere with the natural flow of the breath. Because you are training your mind to observe the reality pertaining to the breath, which will be helpful to you in your day-to-day -day life. As it is, as it is. Like someone sitting at the bank of the river, and the river is flowing. You do nothing for the flow of the river, it's naturally flowing. You are sitting at the bank, you are just observing, just observing the flow. Similarly, you keep your attention here, and observe the flow of the breath coming in, going out, natural, normal, as it is. So easy. You have to do nothing. Don't make any effort. Just observe. But so difficult. Whenever you will decide to come to a course of 10 days to learn this technique, so difficult. First day, very difficult day. You observe hardly a couple of breaths and the mind is gone somewhere. And then suddenly you realize, what happened? I was here to observe my breath. And again you start. Again, hardly a couple of breaths and the mind wanders away again. Many new students on the first day get frustrated, get irritated, generate anger. Anger towards oneself. Anger towards one's own mind. What sort of mind I am carrying? You have to do nothing. Just observe whatever is happening. Just observe the reality as it is. As it is. Why can't you do that? Why can't you do that? One feels frustrated. And the guide will tell you, no, don't get frustrated or irritated. Don't generate anger. Anger is anger. Whether you generate towards yourself or towards anybody else, Anger will make you very miserable. So accept the reality. The reality. Mind has wandered away. You are observing the breath. 
and now you find the mind is wandered away. Just accept. Look at this moment, the mind is wandered away. So what? I start again. The breath is still there. All right, I start again. Again the mind wanders away. And you realize again, look, mind has wandered away. Don't get agitated. Accept the reality. This is monkey mind. It keeps on wandering. A wild mind, it keeps on wandering. Just observe the reality. Look, it has wandered away. It has wandered away. Again start. Again start. By the day, one day, two days, three days, you find the mind is calming down. Calming down. This wild mind is getting tamed. Again it gets tamed. You observe. You get, get observed. You keep on observing. And you will find, because you were working on a small area, and because you were working with the truth, no imagination was involved. So far as this practice is concerned, no imagination, no verbalization, no visualization, no auto-suggestion or outer-suggestion, no imposition of this philosophical belief or that philosophical belief, the breath as it is, as it is, just observe. Because you are working with the truth and because you are working on a small area and because you worked continuously, continuously by the law of nature, the breath becomes subtler and subtler, finer and finer, shorter and shorter, like a thin thread. As it comes out, it makes a U-turn, starts moving in. Makes a U-turn, starts moving in. So short. So with that, the mind also becomes subtler and subtler, more and more sensitive. Then by the end of the third day, you start experiencing subtler realities, Subtler realities pertaining to the mind, pertaining to the matter. When you are observing the breath, then also both mind and matter, both of them were involved. Apparently it looks that the breath is a physical function, the lungs are working, so you get the breath coming in, going out. Yes, apparently it is true. But in reality, the breath is strongly related to the mind and very strongly related to the mental impurities. While you are meditating, observing the breath, the mind wanders away, past or future, and certain impurity arises. You remember something and you generate anger, you generate fear. Anything that arises and you find the breath has lost its normality, it is no more normal. And after some time when that impurity has gone away, you find the breath is again normal. So strongly related. Similarly, now you are proceeding further, moving further to experience the reality again pertaining to the mind and the matter, the combination of the two. At the end of three days, you will start feeling some biochemical reaction or the other, because you are working on a small area, some electromagnetic reaction or the other, which manifests itself as this physical sensation or that physical sensation, you start feeling these sensations. Maybe heat, maybe perspiration, 
may be throbbing, pulsing, vibrating, tingling, heaviness, numbness, anything. You can't choose sensations. It is a choiceless observation. You can't make an effort to create a sensation. You can't create a sensation. One does not make any effort to create a sensation, effortless observation. Let, let nature play its own role. At this moment, due to this reason or that reason, this particular sensation has started manifesting itself. This particular sensation has started manifesting itself. Your job is to observe. As you kept on observing the breath coming in, going out, coming in, going out, so also the sensations that you feel on the body, initially on, only on this part, from the fourth day onwards you will start feeling sensations throughout the body, from the top of the head to the tips of the toes. Every part of the body, every moment, day and night, there is some sensation or the other. Every part of the body, every particle of the body, every atom of the body, there is some sensation, some sensation, due to this reason or that reason, some sensation, some sensation. Normally the mind is too gross to feel these sensations. When there are very gross sensations, like solidified, intensified pain, pressure, heaviness, heat, yes, our conscious mind feels it. But there are so many subtle sensations throughout the body. A oscillation is going on all the time. You have to feel that. All kinds of sensations throughout the body. You have to develop a faculty, your faculty, to feel different kinds of sensations throughout the body. And not only that, you have to train your mind not to react to these sensations. You are changing your old habit pattern. The old habit pattern was to react to these sensations. Whenever, at the depth of the mind, at the depth of the mind, you constantly keep on feeling these sensations. At the depth of the mind, when you feel an unpleasant sensation, the previous habit was to react with aversion, hatred. I don't like this, aversion, hatred. When you feel a pleasant sensation, you react with craving, clinging, ah, wonderful, I like it, craving, clinging, aversion, hatred, craving, clinging. All the other defilements are product of these two defilements, craving and aversion, craving and aversion. And this has become a habit, habit pattern at the depth of the mind, all the time. Craving, aversion, craving, aversion. How to come out of that habit? At the intellectual level, every tradition says, don't react with craving, don't react with aversion. This is very dangerous, this is very harmful. You become a prisoner of your habit of craving and aversion. Don't do that. Yes, I try not to generate craving or aversion only at the surface level. Good. At least the surface level is becoming purified. I get some peace and harmony at the surface level. But at the depth of the mind, constantly, constantly there is a misery. Constantly one keeps on generating craving, aversion, craving, aversion. You lose the balance of your mind. You lose the peace of your mind. You lose the harmony of your mind. Now one starts experiencing that whatever sensation is felt, even at the depth of the mind, no reaction. Just observe. Just observe. How unpleasant a sensation may be. 
don't react with aversion. See how long it lasts, however unpleasant a sensation may be, it is not eternal. It arises, seems to stay for some time, but sooner or later passes away. It arises to pass away, it arises to pass away. And when you come in contact with very subtle, pleasant vibrations, very pleasant, same characteristic. These pleasant vibrations are also arising, passing, arising, passing. Now with great rapidity, with high velocity, the nature remains the same. The character, characteristic remains the same. How very ephemeral, how very impermanent. What is the purpose of reacting to something which keeps on changing? All the time there is a flux, there is a flow in the entire physical structure with this sensation or that sensation. There is no meaning, no purpose to keep on reacting to that. It is a futile thing that by reaction I will come out of it. You are multiplying your misery. That wisdom arises with the experience, not at the intellectual level only, not accepting the truth merely at the devotional level, because a saintly person had said so, because an enlightened person had said so, because our scripture says so, you accept it, but no experience. This technique requires you to experience the truth. How defilements arise. Deep inside, there are sensations all the time. A pleasant sensation and you start generating craving, clinging, craving, clinging. Unpleasant sensation, you start generating aversion, hatred, aversion, hatred. Now you are reaching the depth of the mind. You feel every sensation in the body, on every part of the body. And you also see old habit of the mind. Look, reaction has started. Look, reaction has started. And you now understand with wisdom, with experiential wisdom, this is impermanent. Why react? Why react? And the habit pattern starts changing, starts changing. The life pattern starts changing. Anything happens in the life. The old habit pattern was to generate misery, misery. There is unpleasant sensation and you generate aversion, you generate anger. This unpleasant sensation becomes more unpleasant and you generate more anger, more anger, more unpleasant sensation, more unpleasant sensation, more anger. A vicious circle starts. And you can't continue, you continue to reel in anger, 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 misery, hours together without knowing what is happening. Initially you started anger because something undesirable happened in the life. Somebody has misbehaved, yes. But then why? Why for hours together? Because this phenomena inside, a sensation has started, a chemical flow has started in the body. And with that, one feels so unpleasant deep inside and one reacts, reacts with anger. And the more flow of this biochemical, more anger, more flow of biochemical, this how to stop that? Just observe. Whatever has happened outside, the fact is a sensation has started in the, in the body and you are now observing it. Impermanent, impermanent, let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. It becomes weaker, 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 passes away. 
you are out of your misery, very soon you are out of your misery. Not only anger, all kinds of defilements. People of fear because of this trauma or that trauma, what will happen now? All the time worrying, all the time mind remains agitated, what will happen? Just accept the fact, at this moment, there is fear in my mind, fear for the future. Let me see what sensation. Law of nature is such, whatever arises in the mind, it always arises with a sensation on the body. Law of nature. Nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body. Mind and body are so interrelated, they can't be separated. So fear is a reason, all right, accept the fact, fear. Don't relate the fear to this object or that object, fear due to this or that, nothing doing. Fear as fear, just accept it and start observing the sensations. And you see impermanent, impermanent, sensations are impermanent. This fear related to sensation is also impermanent. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. It becomes weaker, 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 passes away. A number of cases, leaders of uh, different religions, they have left the householder's life. They have taken the vow of celibacy. Good. To reach high spiritual stage, one has to live the life of celibacy. But it is not easy, so difficult. Passion arises, lust arises, and you keep on suppressing. Lust arises, you keep on suppressing, because you have taken a vow. You keep on suppressing. One becomes a psychic case. One has to run to the psychiatrist. Doesn't help. Or if you have not suppressed it, you have committed a heinous crime, either adultery or more heinous crime. Then you repent, you have a guilt feeling, that was too bad, I should not have done that. Again, you are miserable. How to come out of it? A wonderful solution. Large number of people who have taken vow of celibacy, they come to Vipassana, and now they understand. Whenever passion arises, lust arises, there is bound to be a sensation on the body. Just accept the fact, lust is lust. Not related to this or that, lust. Let me see what sensation. Keep on observing the sensation. Whatever it may be, anywhere it may be in the body, observe it. This is impermanent. This is not eternal. Let me see how long it lasts. And this passion, this lust, which is related to the sensation, is not permanent. Let me see how long it lasts. Observing, observing. It becomes weaker, weaker, passes away. It can never overpower you passes away. You have not suppressed it. You have not expressed it in a wrong way. You are out of it. So any kind of misery which one suffers, there is a solution. The suffering is at the mental level, but there is a sensation at the physical level. Whatever comes at the mental level, you can't observe it objectively, but whatever comes at the physical level, you learn within 10 days and your daily practice, you learn how to observe, how to observe, how to observe. Very soon you are out of it. Otherwise, the process of multiplication, multiplication, it keeps on overpowering you. Your habit to react to this particular impurity will multiply this impurity and one remains miserable for the whole life. A wonderful process, 
a wonderful technique was found which can be practiced by anybody and everybody not related to any particular religion nothing to do it has no paraphernalia of a religion it is just a mental exercise a mental exercise as you have physical exercise to keep the body healthy a mental exercise to keep the mind healthy sound free from impurities anybody can practice when you observe the breath you can't give it a label this is a christian breath or hindu breath or muslim breath or jewish breath, breath is breath human breath and so also when you generate defilement anger or hatred you can't say this is anger which is buddhist anger or christian anger anger is anger and the sensations unpleasant sensations that you feel again you can't label it the misery you can't label it and by this technique when you come out of the defilement mind becomes pure this purity is not buddhist purity or christian purity purity is purity and the result of that purity you feel so much of peace so much of harmony within yourself so much happiness within you a lasting happiness because you eradicated the cause of misery as much as you eradicated the cause of misery that much happiness is there that much of peace is there and when the mind is full of peace and happiness purity by nature it starts generating love pure love without without a trace of passion pure love full of compassion love compassion goodwill tolerance these are the qualities of a saintly person a pure person and that can be achieved by anyone and we who are householders it is more necessary for us because so much ups and downs come in the life and one can't keep the balance of the life balance of the mind and one keeps on generating and multiplying misery 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 now a solution is there that anything happen in the in the in the life ups and downs are bound to come vicissitudes are bound to come we are learning how to observe observe at the level of respiration at the level of sensation and we are coming out of it coming out of it. habit pattern starts changing but one has to work for it merely understanding it at the intellectual level merely accepting it at the intellectual level or even accepting it at the emotional or devotional level won't help that will give inspiration that will give us guidance yes it's a good path but still one has to practice one has to practice i hope all of you will take advantage of it just 50 miles from here there is a island of peace a island of peace where you can learn this technique to generate peace within yourself and remain peaceful take advantage of it spare 10 days of your life you are not wasting your 10 days you will find your capacity to work increases whatever profession you are involved you will find your capacity to work increases because the mind remains more calm tranquil pure any problem arises you go to the depth of the problem you get a solution right decision quick decision your capacity to work increases one may be a cultivator one may be businessman one may be an industrialist one may be a professional a doctor a engineer everyone has the same problem impurities arise and one lose the balance of the mind 
this technique helps you to maintain perfect equanimity of the mind, perfect equilibrium of the mind, perfect equipoise of the mind. One lives a happy life, peaceful life, harmonious life, good for oneself and good for others. When I generate impurity in myself, say I generate anger, not only I become miserable, I make the entire atmosphere around me. It gets permeated with the vibration of negativity, so much of tension. Anybody who comes in contact with me at that time feels misery, nothing but misery, because I'm generating misery. But if the mind is pure, I'm generating love, compassion, peace, harmony. The entire atmosphere around me gets permeated with the vibration of peace, harmony. Anyone comes in contact, starts feeling peace, harmony. This is the way of life and art of living. How to live peacefully and harmoniously within and how to generate nothing but peace and harmony for the atmosphere outside so that others can also live in peace and harmony. Spare ten days of your life. I say with my experience and with the experience of thousands upon thousands of people around the world who have taken these courses, a big change starts coming in their life. Change for better. They start living a better life. Good for them. Good for others. May all of you enjoy the real peace within yourself, the kingdom of heaven within yourself, and come out of the hellfire within yourself and be happy, be happy, be happy. I am a naturally happy person. How can I benefit from the Pashana? You become a happier person? Don't you want to become a happier person? Be a happier person. And this is the stage where you are the happiest person in the world. Why don't you charge for courses? How much shall I charge? <laughs> Can you give? It is invaluable. It is pure spirituality. The moment you make spirituality as a commercial commodity and you start putting a tag of price over it, it loses its efficacy. It is no more pure. It must be always given freely. No charges. No charges for the teaching. No charges even for your boarding and lodging, 10 days stay, residential course, no charges. Those who take courses, when they find that it has done so much good for them, then they feel more and more people should get this wonderful technique to come out of the misery and they donate willingly without anybody asking anything. So there are no charges. But still I say, you have to pay something which is very important. And you have to pay ten valuable days of your invaluable life. Give that and you will get benefit of it. How did you do intense practice and have a family? We have a family. I'm a householder and I carry this uh, Great testimonial with me to say that I am a householder. 
it is good for the householders. Householders have got so much problems in their life. You have to face these problems. When you do intensely, that means you are developing your faculty to face any kind of situation in their life. One has to face different situations and learn how not to get miserable because of that. I am an ambitious person. Will Vipassana make me inactive? Oh no, it will make you very active. What you will lose is your habit of blind reaction. You want a blind reaction now. But action will be there. Whenever there is blind reaction, there is element of negativity in it. You become miserable, you make others miserable. But when there is action with a positive mind, action with equanimous mind, balanced mind, it is always good for you and good for others. So whenever a situation arises, a good Vipassana meditator with open eyes, a few seconds will feel the sensations and see that I am equanimous, I am not reacting to sensation. And then whatever you do is the action, it is not a reaction. And it will always be positive, it will, it will always be good. How can Americans generate compassion for Osama Bin Laden? A miserable person. He doesn't know what he is doing. He is harming so many people. At the same time, he is harming himself. Because one cannot harm others without generating some defilement or the other. Just think of this person. All the time generating hatred. Hatred, aversion, aversion. That means misery, misery. Deep inside, one must have compassion for this person. But this person or such persons, they don't understand the language, the soft language. First you have to try and explain them in a soft way. Look, you are harming yourself and you are harming people for no reason. You are just killing people whom you do not know even who they are. Just because they do not belong to your religion, just because they do not belong to your culture, just because they do not belong to your country, what you are doing? If one doesn't understand, then you have to use hard language, very hard language, hard vocal action, hard physical action. Deep inside there is only compassion, no anger. When you generate anger, you started harming yourself. You have become a sick person. How can you help others? A lame person cannot help another lame person. A blind person cannot help another blind person. All the other actions the government has to take. This is the duty of the government to look after the safety of the people. And they are doing that. They have to do that. But each individual has to see that you don't generate anger or so also fear, feeling of insecurity by this technique. You always remain fearless. If one generates fear because of these terrorists, you are supporting these terrorists. This is what they want. They want to generate fear in the people. They become more and more fearful, more and more fearful. Then they start kneeling down and say, all right, we agree, whatever you say. We will do whatever you say. Please don't kill us. Please don't kill our people. This is what they want. And we have not to surrender. We will face that. No, whatever you are doing is wrong. So with all the strength, we face it fearlessly, but without anger. And this technique will help you how to face such situations which look impossible, but they are possible.
can you split this 10-day course into five weekend courses? <laughs> bargaining. Habit of bargaining. I come from the business uh, family, so I know how business people keep on bargaining. When I went to my teacher for the first time, he said, ten, day, ten days? I'm such a busy person. How can I spare ten days? No, sir. But look, I'm very intelligent. You give me your technique, I'll practice at home. Why ten days? <laughs> Nothing doing. Can't help. All right, one day. I sit with you one day, and then I will practice at home. Two days, three days, and now these five days. It doesn't work. If it was possible, I would have been the first person to help people to get in a few days. It doesn't work. Because you have to, first, you have to make your mind so sharp. It is actually a surgical operation of the mind. And you have to go to the root level of the mind. And therefore, a portion of the mind has to be become very sharp, very sensitive. That requires minimum three days, continuous working, continuous working. Then the operation starts and you go to the depth and feel different sensations and train your mind not to react, not to react. Ten days is the minimum. Hundred years back, this technique was not taught to anybody who will not spare one and a half month. One and a half month. In this fast life, so difficult. If my teacher had told you one and a half month, I would have missed it. So they reduced it to one month. Yes, people get something. Fifteen days, people get something. Ten days, yes, they get something. Good, something. Less than that, you get nothing. So why waste your time? There are people who have taken one or two courses with me and started teaching just one day, two day. It gives, it gives some benefit at the surface level, but you can't go to the depth of the mind. You can't take out your misery from the depth of the mind. Are you still angry? <laughs> when I compare what I was before I went to Vipassana, I feel so happy, so happy. Anger does not arise, but even if it arises, so quickly it passes away. It cannot overpower. And anybody and everybody can reach that stage. It is not something very impossible. It is possible, but one has to practice, one has to work. I am old student of Vipassana. How do I convince others to come to Dhamma? Your daily life will convince them. If there is no change in your life, you are the same miserable person as before, who will come? <laughs> what Vipassana has done to this person? Why I should waste my ten days? No change in this person. So work properly and see that you get a change and change and better for your life, more and more people will certainly get attracted and they will come to the courses. What do you consider the most important thing a parent can teach a child today? The same thing. I say start teaching the child before birth. Pregnant mothers too come to the courses and they work not only for themselves, they are working for the child also. A pregnant mother, when the child is in the womb, and you generate anger, you generate passion, you generate fear, what message you are giving to this child? What sort of life he will live? 
But when you practice, you are practicing vipassana, coming to a course, you are purifying your mind and you are generating pure love, compassion, goodwill. You are giving such nutritious food to the child. The child will come out to live a very happy life. And such mothers come to the course, I want a Dhamma baby, I want a Dhamma baby, and they get Dhamma baby. And then there are courses for children, age seven years or eight years. There are three days courses where they just learn how to observe the respiration, that's all. In a very light way, without feeling any pressure. And later on, when they become adults, they take 10-day courses. Many schools and many colleges in India, they have made a part of their curriculum for the school boys, school girls, anapana, this respiration. And in college, full course of 10 days is compulsory. And they get benefit. What do I do if I am in chronic pain? I understand. Pain is pain, chronic pain is worse. But we have seen people suffering from cancer and terminal stage of cancer is so painful, so painful. And if one is a good vipassana meditator, one keeps on observing the pain, observing the pain, till the last breath. People, good meditators of vipassana, we are getting information from their family family members that so-and-so died so peacefully, consciously, without crying. It's an art of dying. You observe, observe, death comes, so what? You are prepared for that. You don't get fear of that. But one must first learn the art of living. Then only one can learn the art of dying. So learn art of living and have no fear of the death, no fear of any pain. Please speak to us about courses given in prisons. Very miserable people, they are away from their families, they are away from the comfort of their own house, they have committed crimes, so they are suffering. But the bigger suffering is, they are prisoners of their own unwholesome habit pattern at the depth of the mind. Even while they are in prison, all the time the thought comes to them, Revenge, revenge, anger, hatred. When I come out of prison, I will kill that policeman. When I come out of the prison, I will kill that fellow who gave witness against me. I will kill that magistrate, that judge. These kinds of thoughts, thoughts are there. By practicing vipassana, when they start observing the sensations, then they start realizing, whenever such negative thoughts comes in the mind, I am the first victim of my negativity. Look, there's a burning sensation. Palpitation increased. Tension gets built up. Misery, misery, what I am doing? I am making myself miserable. I may kill that person, maybe after 10 years or 20 years, who knows? But I am killing myself now. I am killing my, my peace and harmony now. It becomes clearer and clearer. And that, that is how they start changing, changing their habit pattern. And I tell people that not only those who are behind the bars and behind these walls, they are not only prisoners. Everyone, even outside the walls, is a prisoner. Everyone is a prisoner of one's own unwholesome habit pattern at the depth of the mind. And one keeps on suffering because of that, come out of that, as these prisoners in the jail are coming out, 
so those who are outside, they should also come out of the misery. I carry guilt from my past, words and actions <coughs> that I regret doing or saying. I am deep. <coughs> I have deep remorse. Will Vipassana help me? Certainly. Every time when you have this guilt feeling, every time you repent, you remorse, you are making this reaction that you have in the mind, a reaction which generates misery, you are making it deeper, deeper. Like a drawn on, line on the water, it goes away. A line drawn on the sand beach, it goes away after some time. A line drawn on the rock with chisel and hammer, deeper and deeper. You keep on remembering that incident. You keep on remembering that incident and you make this line deeper, deeper, deeper. You are multiplying your misery. And this technique will help you. Whenever this feeling of remorse or repent comes in the mind, just accept. Just accept at this moment, this feeling is coming in my mind. Let me see what sensation. What sensation? You keep on observing, 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 it passes away. The memory will remain, but it will not make you miserable as it makes now. So a very good solution is there. Good, good. After three, I am liberated. <laughs> good, good. I am happy. I am happy to answer. What makes Vipassana meditation different from other forms of meditation? We are not here to condemn different types of meditation because I know with my experience and experience of so many people that any good meditation will give you relief, will make your mind calm and tranquil, purify your mind. But I have found it is only on the surface level or slightly deeper. It does not touch the root of your mind. And the root of your mind is constantly in contact with the body sensations. Any technique which works with the body sensations and trains the mind to remain equanimous, you call it vipassana or anything, it will give the same result. But forgetting the body sensations, if you try to purify the mind, it will purify the mind, but only on the surface level. Try Vipassana and then you will know the difference yourself. How do you sustain these teachings after the seminar? Well, after the seminar, you learn the technique. There is no magic or miracle. You learn how to practice this mental exercise. You go and learn some physical exercise, yoga or anything else, and then nearly you have to practice to keep your body healthy, strong, sound. This is a mental exercise. You learn in 10 days, then every day morning and evening you practice it and try to apply it in life. Every time, whenever any situation arises, how I am facing this situation? In the same way as before or with a more balanced mind? Even if I reacted, have I reacted so deeply as before or less deeply? Have I kept on reacting for a long time? or now it is short time, you keep on examining yourself, but daily morning and evening you have to practice it to get established in the technique. How do you train your assistants? I want to join a course that you teach. Join any course makes no difference whether I teach or the assistants teach. They are well trained. It takes years, years to get oneself first established in this technique oneself. And then, with whatever purity one, one uh, 
generates in the mind one must generate love and compassion and goodwill selfless love and compassion without expecting anything in return then we also examine that this person has got a means of livelihood or not independent means of livelihood should be there otherwise you will start asking money for the teaching and the whole teaching will get impure will get polluted therefore this training for the for the assistant teachers takes time but once they are trained don't worry the same teaching is there evening discourses are on video every instruction every hour that comes is on audio in my own voice the assistant teacher is there if one has got any confusion meet him he will clarify he will explain you he will take out your doubts and you can work better so don't hesitate to go to an assistant teacher because i can't be with every center and every place unless i get some supernatural power of one going ka becomes thousand going ka ready go everywhere they are going cars those who have been trained as assistant teacher work with them and take maximum benefit with their teaching may all of you get benefit of vipassana may all of you enjoy real peace real harmony real happiness